Welcome to Madam's Hoes and Gigolos, a podcast about the history of sex work and the historical events surrounding sexual revolution. I'm your host, Heather, and with me is my friend, Connor. Together, we've created a bi-weekly podcast discussing all topics in regards to history and sex. Today's topic is music and sexuality. We're joined today by our good friend, Anthony Bedgood. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Bedgood! Oh, welcome, Anthony. <laughs> we've known each other for ages. Oh, yeah, a long time. Like 25 years. Uh, at least, at least 25 years, or, or right about 25 years. But I have to say, um, you know, knowing you outside of this podcast and me becoming a, a new fan, I am a little bit starstruck right now and, and watching this process. So. Is it weird to see it <laughs> live? Yeah, it like really in is. It really is. We welcomed you back behind the curtain. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's, uh, it's, it's great. It's great. I'm glad to be here. This is a good topic, I think, to have Anthony here with because he's very in tune with like pop culture and yeah, I actually, I remember a memory in high school where we were having some stupid car show and there was a song playing and you were with um, somebody else. Mm-hmm. His name was Ben. And there was the the Mary J. Blige Method Man song coming on. That's how old I was like, oh my God, what song is this? And you told it to me. You were like, oh, it's off of this album and it's this and it's this. And I went out after school and I got it at Blockbuster. Well, I'm really glad that I could put that in your musical catalog. <laughs> Still That's a good song. <laughs> do you remember so, the story at all? I, you know what? It, like As you're saying it, I, I do remember that moment. Kind of, I don't remember a lot of things from high school. I think I've, I've, I've plugged this old brain with way too much useless knowledge from from now on. But uh, but do you remember the details of that song now? Uh, yes. Wait, wasn't it? Um, it was Method Man, Method Mary Man, J. Blige. The, you're all I need song. Yes. Right? You're which all is a which is a fantastic I song. Need. Yeah. You and, you gave me all the information on it. And and musically speaking, and since we're on that topic, I mean that is that is a hip hop love song too so you know that's kind of in a, in a different vein of what we're we're gonna go down this rabbit hole with but uh but yeah that was a true love song actually it, it in, was and you know it had its vulgarities but i also saw method man and red man the house of blues too that must have been a great show interesting venue for them but all right yeah yeah and actually most of wounding came out oh, that wow. night yeah yeah it was it was good and alizé sponsored but okay, so that was my first memory. So you okay. want to hear my latest memory, my last memory of you? <laughs> I, I'm a little afraid to hear it, but yes, please. It was your birthday party. <laughs> this was pre-COVID. We went to some, I don't even know what to call the band. And I ended up making out with somebody. I don't know who it is, but a couple days later, he messaged me asking me if I wanted to go to dinner. And I still don't know, but he was a guest at your party. And... I have no idea who he is. So. so so I know who he is, apparently. You you do know who he is. And, well, he was at your birthday. Yeah. And and he used to he was roommates with a mutual friend of ours who also married a mutual friend of ours from our reunion. So I have one of two guys in mind and I am going to just grill them as soon as I get home. About okay, who. because Hey, well, I, I have a different suggestion. <laughs> if you have a birthday coming up, let's just see. <gasps> you do we? next week. Yeah, May, let's... May 11th, just to throw that out there for anybody who cares. Oh my God, so like two years ago <laughs> was the last time I saw you and this is where this memory is coming from where I just remember making out with somebody from your party and I have no idea who it is. Let's well, see, who see. brings it up at this year's party then? Well, I think we should we should deal with it like the glass upper Cinderella thing. Just start kissing all my friends and... 
if you get a if you get some sort of memory trigger. Do they still make that binaca spray? I mean, is it antibacterial <laughs> too? I mean, I'm vaccinated, but I don't think it would like. I don't think it would save me from anything. So could it like disinfect my mouth? That probably. But <laughs> and then we can just try that's it. That's probably not a good idea. I think you know, I remember. In COVID I've seen. Era, you're right. I've seen a porn like that when I was. I and sadly I was a little. I, I've seen a port like this and it was themed around Cinderella and my mom was giving labor to my brother and I was at a slumber party and they put on the porn and so I was nine. <laughs> so we're talking about music today. <laughs> I actually kind of like this tangent <laughs> we're going on. I, I, I have some things to talk about with that too. No, but continue. This is what happens when you bring old friends together. We forget we're recording and we talk about random things. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is I'm glad that you guys brought me onto this one um, since you just had an expert on your last one. Dr. J. I'm not at, at all involved in music and I am not involved in sexuality. So, but thank you. I do have insights on both. <laughs> but you were fun and you were charming and you look like somebody we know. <laughs> That's so what I've this heard. is all about. So I've heard. Yeah. Of oh all the ways music can influence your life, you may not realize its connection to sex. The songs, the artists, the playlist you have on repeat actually impact your attitudes and expectations in the bedroom. Of course, this influence can extend beyond sexuality and into everyday life, often creating fan cultures. Ariana Grande, Side to Side, references the inability to walk after sex, while the lyrics by the singer The Weeknd often gets pretty explicit with repeated references to sexual pain, conquests, and aggressions in the bedroom. Brrr. Little Nas X recently released Montero, Call Me By Your Name, hoping to normalize queerness. This scored Little Nas X his second number one single on Rolling Stone's Top 100 and earned 200,000 downloads and 24 million streams in its first 24 hours, knocking Justin Bieber's Peaches out of the number one spot. I haven't heard that song. Have you heard Peaches? No, no. I actually just recently heard Montero. You guys have heard so. Peaches. I guarantee you if you spent any time on TikTok oh. in the last month. No, I, I don't TikTok. But the only Peaches that matters to me is the one that goes, sucking on your titties and you calling me, calling me. Yeah, yeah. That one. That's the good that was, one. That was the artist. Well, did Bieber redo that song? No, no, no. The other good Peaches is the one by the presidents of the United States of America. Millions of Peaches. Peaches, peaches for me. One twelve Mil- Peaches and Cream. Come on, guys. <gasps> Ooh. See, all right. <laughs> I am an expert. Yeah, I take it all back. Montero is actually the real name of Little Nas X. Tumultuous discourse around the mu- musician has reached fever pitch regarding two things the lap dance he gave the devil and the sale of his Satan shoes, which allegedly had a drop of human blood in them, drawn and solicited commentary from everyone from South Dakota Governor Christy Noam to basketball player Nick Young to conservative commentator. Candace Owens. That's what that was about? I saw the Satan Shoes headlines. Yeah. It, it had um, a drop of blood, and then Nike ended up suing him for copyright infringement. So wait. So the actual shoe had a drop of human blood? It had blood. a drop of blood, and then some red dye in the sole, and only 666 were made. Uh, so there was one drop of human blood on all 666 of those shoes. Probably several drops. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, Why stop so. there? Right. Right. And, yeah. And, and whose blood? Do we know that? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. I'm with it. No, but it was diluted in like a red liquid. And then Nike came in and said, hey, we don't sign up for this. Pull it all down or we're going to sue you. And so nobody has these shoes. But 
it still got its job done because here we are talking about it. Absolutely. At the same time, the video has drawn praise, and not just among those celebrating its proud embrace of the LGBTQ imagery and themes. Scholars are impressed by the video's deeply researched building of a powerful historical narrative that centers around queerness in historical and religious spaces where it's often erased. Cardi B blessed us with WAP in August of 2020. The song instantly became a viral sensation, racking up 33 million views in the first 24 hours of YouTube. But some felt the song with its heavy sexual references was derogatory and a setback for female rappers. Prudes, politicians, and preachers on Twitter condemning the song and its video, even calling for it to be banned. That actually sounds like a good band name, Prudes, Politicians, and Preachers. <laughs> I know of a band name called Penis Flytrap. Really? Yeah, that... I saw a bumper sticker for it, you know, Penis Flytrap, and I was like, that is a good band name. Ironically, that was your nickname in our <laughs> Facebook group chat five years ago. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> That's 100% true. I know. I thought you were making a joke, Connor. That's fantastic. <laughs> it all comes back full circle. And right. I didn't even remember this. <laughs> Whenever I see Cardi B and company gyrating all over the place, I can only think, thank you for your cervix, tweeted Christian conservative Dean Browning, who lost the election for U.S. White House this year. So, Connor. Yes. You know what WAP stands for? I do. You do? I don't know the song very well, but I'm, I've am i been reading about this. Okay. What does WAP stand for? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Am I going to turn into a Ben Shapiro here? Am I actually going to say <laughs> wet-ass pussy? <gasps> well, in all fairness, I think you just said it a lot cooler than uh, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> yeah. In well, all he... fairness, anything Connor says is a lot cooler than Ben Shapiro. <laughs> well, he's he was like the wet-ass P-word. <laughs> I, I, I have so much to say I about instantly... his commentary, I swear. Let's like, go. <laughs> I mean, just just hearing him read it, first of all, was, was probably one of the most awkward things I experienced for that six minute YouTube clip that I watched. It was it was like, you know, somebody's dad reading the lyrics to your favorite hip hop song. And it, it just made me it just it, it was horrifying. Intentionally so. I think he wanted to not rap it. He wanted to say, listen to how vulgar these lyrics are. Yeah. But, you know, coming from a guy like Ben Shapiro, right, who is, you know, con conservative talk show media sort of person, right, really into Ted Cruz, then got on the, on the Trump train. To, to read somebody's art or poetry, if you want to call it that, or expression, and, and, and try to make it as literal as possible, talking about you know, a mop and bucket, uh, blah, blah, blah. You're talking about a guy who supported the king of hyperbole, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to walk around and take a song and try to make it as literal as possible is the stupidest thing I've ever witnessed, ever. So I watched the video like eight times and enjoyed every second of his ignorance. It's a, it's a, well, WAP. I haven't seen the Ben Shapiro video. I put everything with him in my Two Girls, One Cup, put a, frame of mind so i haven't seen ben shapiro but i've definitely seen wop and i might have like a leopard print onesie with some like opera leopard print gloves <laughs> ben shapiro is almost as nauseating as two girls one cup i will oh. say <laughs> <laughs> well then he's in the right part of my brain so okay bed good yes. question mm. 
do you know what that little dangly thing that swings in the back of your throat is? <laughs> I feel like I'm being set up here. Um, that is your uvula, I believe. Yay. Yeah. Do we have a clap, a clap song? Yeah, yeah, let's make a clap. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was that was my question. That was one that, of them. Oh, okay. One of okay. Them. I feel like there's a follow up here. So on this episode of Madam's Hose and Gigolos, we're going to discuss music, sexuality, and the history of censorship. All right, guys. So I'm going to ask you a few questions to warm you guys up. I already asked Connor what WAP meant, and he knew. Bad good knew what a uvula was. So Connor, <laughs> yes. Do you ever trust a big butt and a smile? Always, <laughs> even if it's my poison. <laughs> you never trust a big butt and a smile. Yeah, you never. were explicitly told not to trust a no. big butt and a smile. But, no. You know, Connor does his own thing. I, I, I get burned repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> Connor lives by his own rules. Bad good, please finish this lyric. My neck, my back. I believe it's my pussy and my crack. God, yeah. If memory serves. Yeah, something like that. That was great Jeopardy form. Thank you. Too. Thank you. Connor, <laughs> name two members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh. And we've already discussed them, so you should know. <laughs> RZA. One we didn't uh, mention. One more. One oh, more, God. Connor. Do me proud. Oh, God. Uh, I want to say something like Ghostface Killer. Yes! Yeah? Yes! All right. Yeah, that's my own clap right there. Yes, that was one. <laughs> oh, Impressive. that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Old dirty bastard. Oh, now they're just now they're just coming right out, huh? Yeah. Right. Hey. <laughs> Ghostface was one that came out on stage when I saw Method Man and Red Man. All right. All right, bad good. Yes. Who sang "Country Girl Shake It" for me? Luke Bryan or Luke Combs? And if you get this wrong, I. Swear. We're <laughs> so disappointed. You are, well, prepare yourself to be disappointed. That's a hint feel, in I, itself, though. I feel like this is a uh, a genre that I'm not really. If this is that. exactly why I asked the question. Um, if you've seen her license, I'm gonna plate. go. I'm gonna go Luke Bryan. Yes, I am not disappointed in you. <laughs> I didn't guess that at all. Connor, the movie Straight Outta Compton is by which rap group? N.W.A. Yes. Can you name them? Oh, all I of just, them? I just threw this in. Oh, okay. Um, that was good. Ice Cube? Easy E? Do I have to name all of them? How many were there? Wait, uh, okay, Tupac? one's a billionaire. No. No. Oh, okay. Uh, billionaire. One's a billionaire. One has died. And the other had a good day. <laughs> <laughs> That was dope. All right. Uh, four, right? Okay, so who, uh, who did I say? I said Easy e Easy e Ice Cube. Ice Cube. And you're missing two I more. I don't and, know. And I'm a just... DJ for bonus. DJ Quick. No. No? Mm-mm. Oh. oh. I thought Tony Tony Tone song when we were in high school, Let's Get Down. Oh. But DJ Quick, remember that? that? Oh, of course. Yo, that's Marin. Still, that's still Tell on my, you're from. my playlist. Let's get I was just listening to it to the other day. Actually, DJ Quick is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Wow. Met D- How did you meet DJ Quick? I dated his manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's else? impressive. That's impressive. I don't know. Uh, like, I'm, I'm sure I know the artist, but I might not have known that they were. You know the artist. 
You I do. can only give you, you Dr. Do. Dre. Yeah, Dr. Dre. Okay, that's and the billionaire. MC Ren. Well, yeah. Okay. Would be, you know. So okay. that would that would be the harder one for for you. But Dr. Dre. What a letdown that, <laughs> that I didn't know all put them all together. Okay. That good. Yes. Who was the first solo rapper to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 2017? Ooh. I feel like I should know this, but you better know this. Well, I you know, I didn't watch that Hall of Fame induction ceremony, but I'm gonna go with Tupac. Yes. That was yeah. That rightfully so. Connor, you should know this one. Who sang I Will Always Love You first? Ooh. Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton. Even before I could yep. finish my sentence. Yay! Well, before Whitney Houston, yeah. But who sang it better? Oh. Mm, I'm going to go with Whitney. We're going Whitney, yeah. You know what? I'm going to be the outlier. I'm going to go Dolly. Oh, interesting. No one ever says that, so I'm just going to say it. I feel like I'm <laughs> going to get you with this one. Which rapper landed a record deal with Def Jam while his mouth was wired shut? That would be Kanye West. Is it? Nope. What? His mouth should be wired shut, no. but it was DMX. Really? Wait, what yep. about that song, Through the Wire? That was... Isn't that what the song, Through the Wire, was about? Who sings Through the Wire? Kanye. Kanye West. Nope, DM DMX w did it first. You know what? I wish. Oh, now they're fact-checking yeah. me, guys. They <laughs> are got... fact-checking me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, G, they can't stop me from rapping, can they? Can they hop? And he actually rapped this song Wow. Okay, but the question was, birth to the who landed a record deal, who, not who sang a song through a wire? It's true. Gotcha, Kanye gotcha. wasn't with that record label either. I definitely I'm... just did my fact checking, and she is absolutely right. <laughs> it, you know what? I, I'd never heard that before. Up top, good job. You're liking the trivia? I, I'm I, enjoying it. I am. Yes. Oh, okay, because I'm... I don't know how enjoyable it is for people listening. <laughs> oh, no, but... we, I think it's fun. I enjoy listening to trivia. I, I watch Jeopardy fun. just to see if I know any of the answers. And sometimes I do. Okay, this one's for you both. Okay. This song lyric, has it been banned? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? No. Has it been banned? Yeah. I not don't... the lyric, but the song. Has the song been banned? No, it doesn't have anything vulgar in it, except for it's not actually irony. Right. It's just coincidence. Right. The... I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with no, but I'm I'm guessing that it's gonna be wrong. Yeah, we'll both say no. After September 11th, Clear Channel banned about a hundred oh. and I forget what the number is. Let me look at the number. A lot of songs got banned for a little while because I thought I had it written down. Because the plane crashed Clear down. Yeah. Oh. 165. Wow. So after September 11th, we just forgot about Juicy. anything. You can't even name. A... Juicy by Big blowed up was... like the World Trade. That was banned. Blow up like the World Trade. You can throw that wow. in there. Too. Wow. That seems silly to me, though. You know, you can't even <laughs> like mention you fly, no longer, fly by Lenny Kravitz. You can't even mention a plane crash that has nothing to do with anything in a song that happened way before, just because of September 11th. Brian McKnight had the video back at one, and the yeah. original video was of a plane crashing, and he was on the phone trying to reach a loved one, mm -hmm. and it was um, he couldn't get a hold of her. She was doing laundry, and the plane is crashing, and then you see what are supposed to be ghosts of the people trying to get to their family through a cornfield. And they banned that video 
because September 11th happened. Wow. And now they redid the whole video of Brian McKnight where he's just kind of singing to a group of people instead. And it's really hard to find that band version because I love that version. Right. And it's just like pulls at my heartstrings. And, you know, as much as a hard ass I am, I do love a good love story. And that one was sure. beautiful. Of course he dies, but... Songs and song lyrics and musical performances are forms of speech protected by the First Amendment. So it got me thinking, if Cardi B was a man, would this song be played out differently? What is the taboo of a woman celebrating her sexuality? People lost their shit when Cardi B performed WAP at the Grammys. The frontman of the Christian rock band Skillet has faced a backlash of comparing Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion's Grammy performance of WAP to speeches of Hitler. I mean, that's, that's kind of dramatic. That's, that's... <laughs> I'm never listening to Skillet again. I mean, I didn't even know Skillet was a thing. I thought it was something you ordered at IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I even watched the video and I didn't think there was anything weird. And we're talking about the Grammy performance. The Grammy right? performance, okay. yeah. Um, and I, I think there's a there's a funny thing that's that's missing here, especially with the the Ben Shapiro and this this Skillet character wherever he comes from. Um, you know, I mean, that was a, a performance on on national television, correct? Yeah. So, you know, that wasn't just a surprise. They built that giant bed. They knew what the performance was going to be. So are we blaming the artist for their vision or the, the network for not censoring it? I mean, so th there's more powers at play here. It was okayed through the network. It was okayed through the director of the Grammys, but yet we're shaming Cardi B for that performance. That was okayed. It was okayed and it was okayed for a national audience. They were set up for controversy, I think. Absolutely. Controversy keeps you in the news, because here we are. You're right, and you know what? I'm sure they don't mind the controversy either, but. She's you know, never backed away from controversy either. I mean, and, and, and she does everything without any sort of um, apology. You know, she doesn't, she's not ashamed of her past as a stripper. She's actually empowered by it. And mm -hmm. I think that that's a very admirable thing, even though she gets attacked for it constantly. But I like her attitude in just kind of brushing that off and I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. And, and, that, and that's actually what empowerment's supposed to be, right? It's not supposed to be when it's convenient or easy, it's supposed to be allowing women to make the choice of when they can express themselves and how they can express themselves, right? Yeah. Allowing women to be in control of their sexuality. Yeah, no, I will say though. Bravo, Anthony. Thank you. We, do, we know that there's plenty of vulgar songs by male artists and they might get play on Pandora or through iTunes or whatever, but they don't perform those songs at the Grammys. Right, there's still kind of uh, a filter from the networks even there. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, maybe they are not put onto Super Bowl programming or Grammy performances or the Oscars, or but they are still looked at. You know, any overtly sexual song, hip hop song by a male artist is definitely you know uh, there's a double standard and everybody knows it and sees it, but we all kind of play into it. It's really cool to hear a hip hop guy talk about how many women he's had sex with. But as soon as, you know, Lil Kim comes out and, and talks about being sexual, uh, she gets shamed. And I, and I kind of see, unfortunately, what that's done to her over the years in her career. And it's really kind of destroyed her life. And, and that doesn't come from her lyrics or her art. It came from all the pressure and the attacks that she's received over the years. And I kind of feel bad for her. 
you know, a trailblazer like Lil' Kim, whether you like her music or not, she was one of the first in hip hop to to really take it over the top. How many licks? How many licks? No. I, oh, that was a good one with Cisco. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Great song. That, Great song. That that example of, of that Super Bowl performance with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, he was the one up there with a the sexual song. She was, you know, singing it with him. Right. I'll have you naked by the end of the song. That quote unquote wardrobe malfunction that was clearly <laughs> planned. That he was the one that like ripped her top off. Right. She got all the backlash, one hundred percent. And he acknowledged that even recently and well, said, you know, I kinda well, let her take the fall. I mean, come on, there's there was a, a a literal piece of clothing right over just her nipple. Like that's not a real functioning piece of clothing unless you're just trying to expose one nipple. Right? And she so. had that that sun <laughs> piercing yeah, that covering really beautiful... herself. Because I remember when I saw that, I was contemplating like, maybe I'll get my nipples pierced. <laughs> that was my go-to. But I'm going to say for the record, Justin Timberlake only acknowledged it because of the Britney Spears documentary and all the backlash he was getting because he didn't stand up for Janet Jackson. And he allowed Britney Spears to get dragged in that breakup and even made that video about her image and her cheating on him, even though he himself wasn't an angel in the relationship. She got all the heat. So the only reason Justin Timberlake said something was because of that documentary yeah. and people started calling him out. He was getting a lot of flack, but for, for that reason, I mean, it, it, he was basically like kind of like he given a free pass and she got a lot of flack for that because it was her breast on display. They were in that together. Absolutely. Right. And I mean, if we want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, whether it was consensual or not, I mean, it could still be considered sexual assault. If they didn't have it planned and he just off the cuff decided I'm going to do that. Hey, well, that's gross. You know, and especially, I mean, let's, let's take that, that moment in time and put it to, to now post me Too, post everything that's been going on. Um, you know, is that viewed differently? Is that viewed as an accident? Does, does somebody lose their career over that these days? Um, and you know, do they even try that particular stunt, that publicity stunt? I don't think so. I don't think you can do that these days. No. Well, she seemed like she was into it, but you know the fact that he's the one making that decision. I don't know for sure. Of course, I didn't direct that that uh, performance, but it's it had to have been planned. <laughs> that just doesn't yeah. happen by accident. Well, it's it's not a song about sexual assault. It's not. I'm right. going to take off your clothes whether you like it or not. It's I'm going to have you wanting to take your clothes off right. to be with me, right? Right. So they kind of gave it a different meaning. All right. Going back to that Super Bowl topic, J-Lo dances around a pole in a full sequin bodysuit during a halftime Super Bowl show, and people are outraged. This is a family program, which they also said about like Cardi B. This is the recent the one that she did? Yeah, the one she did with Shakira, not this last oh, year, but the year I, before, before yeah. COVID. I didn't see the negative feedback. I saw everyone, look how amazing they look. They're 40 and 50, oh, respectively. Oh my God, there was a negative I got, oh. my Facebook feed was like, there was so much outrage about, oh my God, this is a family show. I can't believe this. Meanwhile, I'm reaching out to my friend who teaches those classes and was like, hey, so can can we do this? Like, can I, can I twirl? And yeah, there was a lot of outrage, which also brings me to another point. Since you're in real estate, would adding a stripper pole <laughs> increase the value of my home? Because I feel like it's a great workout and I want to be JLo 50. And uh, I guess it depends on the room you put it in. In the kitchen, most definitely. It would it would probably oh. be a plus. I mean, um, I don't utilize my kitchen <laughs> anyway, so. 
um, uh, you know, depends on the buyer. That's what I, I'm going to stick with that answer. Okay. Depends on the buyer. So anyways, people were all pissed about J-Lo twirling around a pole at 50. So yet... I, I saw 50-50. Like, you know, Connor, you say you saw... I just saw everyone saying, look how same. amazing, how wonderful. Two women, two Latina women stealing the show. How wonderful. Yeah. And look how sexy they are. Um, I saw more backlash from that performance than I did the uh, the weekend this season and not being COVID safe. I saw more backlash from that than, you know, this this COVID era. Hmm. Oh, I didn't see anything about COVID. And in but the but, there, but there was a lot. And like like Connor was saying, I saw a lot of oh, what is she doing? My daughters are watching this. Um, you know, so I, I see what he's saying. There was actually kind of a fight in, in my household wow. of people who were like, oh, that was great. And then other people going, oh, that was absolute trash. Ah, I'm disgusted. I'll never buy another CD again. I'm like, who's buying CDs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is exactly where we want to, who is buying CDs? <laughs> the people who are offended by things like that. <laughs> okay, boomers. <laughs> so the people who are offended by things like that also, don't even mention anything about Magic Mike being on network TV anymore. Very good point. Very right? good point. Oh. I mean, is it something about Joe Manganiello, like, kind of dancing in a convenience store to the Backstreet Boys? Also saw them in concert, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing that water and kind of grinding, and I'm doing it in my chair right now. Sorry, guys. It might be weird. <laughs> it's cool. It would be weird if Anthony was doing it. That's the double standard. <laughs> be weird if i wasn't doing it um <laughs> i've never seen magic mike i have to be honest i only saw the first one and i wasn't like i channing tatum doesn't do it for me i gotta tell you the second one changed my life guys no i i've never seen him um <laughs> but i do live at thunder down under in in, in las vegas um Yeesh. but i mean I, you guys you, maybe you've talked about this i have heard um pretty much all of your episodes i told you guys i'm a fan but um you know it, it kind of goes to an overall theme though um when you talk about sex work um it's always glorified for men and women are shamed for it correct so right even in movies right you know deuce bigelow male gigolo like the, the guy he's taken over for is like this suave cultured he can speak many languages he's mm. rich i mean it's like you know it's like everybody's dream right but when you look at even movies like pretty woman like she's She's poor. She's she doesn't know how to speak very well. I mean, it's 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 such a, a a thing that we shame women for the exact same things that we 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 build men up for. And yeah, I guess that makes makes it clear why in one of these movies, I don't know if it was an American Pie movie or something like that, they say that when uh, when you talk about your sexual history with a new partner, men always inflate it by like a factor of three, and the women rule always of three. women yes. decrease it by a factor of three. The rule of three. And, well, you know, truly, it's usually like they've only slept with two people in their lives. To even bring it back into like real life where, I mean, I've started dating and I had gone out on a date recently and it was a great date. You know, like he surprised me with a bottle of wine. Like he, he had this nice raft of gift and the waiter delivered it to me once I sat down and I thought, this is cool. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is great. And then we started talking about the podcast, which is a new thing I have to learn how to navigate. Mm. And he's he's got that, well, I don't think a woman should have to give it up or should give it up too soon. And I was like, well, you're not in control. Like, you're not in control of my body and my right. decisions. And if I fuck you on the first night or if I fuck you on the 45th night, 
that does not determine the quality person I am. He kind, yeah. of, like, he kind of shot himself in the foot for that night, didn't he? He right. did. And then you know what he did? Like a, a few days later, we were texting and I had just said, like made a comment like, oh, you're more conservative when it comes to sexuality. I'm more liberal. He's like, well, you're not liberal with having sex with me. Like, motherfucker. You shamed me. Right. right. Like, like, there's nothing that, that sets the mood <laughs> right there's More, nothing that but... sets the mood than a man who feels like he's entitled to not only like dictate what i do with my body and then shames me when i don't do what he frowns <laughs> you, you don't even have to read the between the lines to know that he wanted you to give it up to him but not to other right. people on a first date well oh I my think god it, i didn't even think of that i think like uh you know socially i think that's kind of ingrained into men is to you know that conquest and that you know we want to to do whatever we're going to do but when it comes to outside of our own little bubble we get to judge whoever and whatever people do which is you know i mean that's that's the the whole double standard that's the fallacy of the whole thing right i can go out and meet somebody and try to sleep with them on the first date but if they did that with somebody else they're a slut that's absolute crazy thinking. And it's it's common thinking I'm finding, and I'm just like, Ugh. Well, it seems like it should be old school thinking, and we, we should have evolved beyond this. But, I, but you know, it, unfortunately, it seems like throughout everything that's going on in, in our social and political climate that we are not as advanced <laughs> as, <No. laughs> as uh, you know, one would hope that we would be by now. 2021 2020 has opened my eyes to a lot of problematic things that has been happening and this is where where i'm at this is this is like all right i want to change the way people look at sex work and i want to look at the way people look at women with their sexuality and and that's one of the main things i love about your guys's uh podcast here is that you know, you're you're hitting it from a, a different level. You know, sex work and the history of it. It's you so said fascinating. It. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, where's he where's he going with this? <laughs> I was like, pun intended. I was waiting for him to say yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely pun intended. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some of the things I've learned by listening to your guys' podcast is awesome. So, uh, you know, keep it up. What keep have you learned? Me too. Um, Gosh, I could tell you actually a bunch of things. He, he, made, he made a list and brought it. I, I didn't bring the list, uh, but maybe another show. You guys have me back on and I'll, I'll give uh, my favorite recap. Oh, Best we're guy. bringing you back on. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh I was actually going to mention that I actually have an episode and have done the research comparing male entertainers. They're not mm. even called dancers. They're called entertainers. That industry compared to the women industry. And I compared the double standards. I so want to chime in on that one. Okay. And I, I might even go shirtless and bow tie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a glitter bow tie and a bow tie with a collar. Um, so if me you too. Them, All right. If we're bragging about bow tie collections. <laughs> do you have a bow tie collection? Unfortunately not. I'm sorry. I'm I actually sorry. do. And I never wear them. <laughs> you know what? He also has a bottle of 1998 Dom Perignon. Um. Why are we not drinking that right now? Is that a thing? I don't. I don't. I don't think he's stored it properly. <laughs> no, I definitely did not. I told him. I told him though, being the the wine connoisseur that I was, that he could resell it. Yeah, I might. I might do that. So, okay, one song in heavy rotation on my workout playlist is "Ain't No Fun" by Snoop Dogg, Corrupt, Warren G, and Nate Dogg. 
I can't tell you how many times I've danced and gyrated my hips to this catchy beat and even sang along with the lyrics. You want the karaoke version? Yeah. I rock out to this song. I think I you got to sing because it's fat dick. I'm trying to stop your fat dick. When I met you last night, baby. Before you opened up your gap. I had respect for you, lady. But now I take it all back. One verse too early on that. Oh, okay, but you, you, you crushed it. I did. I'll say it. I'll I told say you it was on my it. workout playlist. I, but I mean, that's like a, a party anthem. Right. Like, I think I'm even starting to hear it in grocery stores with that, like, Muzak little oh, it's instrumental. Certainly, they certainly play it in Coles. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's a great song. I, I mean, but that song is about a girl that gets passed around a party, and and we're just like, hey, what a great yes! song! What a great! Party it is a song. fun song, and everyone loves it. Even women love it. It sounds like no party I ever went to in high school, though. <laughs> Maybe I right. wasn't invited to those, but I was playing Super Nintendo, Super Mario Brothers when I was in high school, <laughs> <laughs> listening to that song. Probably. Right, right, pissing off my dad because I wasn't allowed to listen to this kind of music. I was not allowed to listen to rap music. <laughs> but this song nobody bats an eye no but i wow. think that they do by the way bat an eye we don't uh, but i'm sure our parents generation did not like that song then it didn't get radio play without being censored well okay so i think there's a difference there in the fact that when we're talking about that generational gap um there's always going to be and, and especially when when hip-hop was was kind of in its infancy and growing into um you know a little more mainstream I think everybody's parents who were uncomfortable with that style of music were like, you're not listening to rap, or you left the C off the beginning of that, where, you know, how many times I've heard that from people's fathers. But, um... I think I only remember them, like, boycotting Snoop Dogg, and I think that was because of the murder trial. Right. And, and you know, I mean, there's there's been several boycotts, just on, on again, on, on um, violent lyrical content, but I think as... Our generation has grown up. We're so, you know, that was what we what we really clung on to, and we're a lot more open to, you know, more suggestive lyrics. But that hasn't transcended into us being understanding about women using more suggestive language, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's okay for men to do it and pass around women at a party in in a, in a famous party anthem song, but you know. Cardi B can't sing about her wet ass pussy. And Ben Shapiro is really medically concerned about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, Benny. Because <laughs> she needs buckets and a mop, I hear, in the, in the, in the song. So apparently that's too much. That's well, just going too far. That, that's a perfect example of that double standard. That we you know love this music, all of us, men and women. And I think the same... Of us, though, probably like the newer song. I mean, I'm not a fan just because I think I haven't been exposed to it as, as well. Like I've heard like bits and pieces, but I've you haven't, haven't heard WAP. I've heard WAP. I've wop, heard wop. there's the holes in this house. Yeah, there's I've heard parts of it, but it's not like on my playlist sort of or anything. You know, at, at at getting to be my age, I'm not finding new music coming to me as easily. But every time I hear a Cardi B song, I gotta say I'm I'm popping my head. Like I'm I'm into it. I think she's I think she's talented. Mm-hmm. And I like her suggestive lyrics. I've loved her since I was introduced <laughs> to her on the on the love and hip hop days. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> and you know what? I, I, 
I take uh, my hip hop like I take my martinis. Dirty as fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dirty as fuck, <laughs> wait, the Ying Yang Twins. Do you remember that? The Whisper song. Oh my hey, goodness. Mama, let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something that you might like. Go, go. Yeah, that song is dirty. <laughs> that I, I was actually thinking about that song because it's very sexually explicit with what they're going to do. And um, I think my dad doesn't like the Yin Yang Twins, but he actually might like Cardi B. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> let's call Dad and see. Let's let's call Dad and ask him what he thinks of wet ass pussy. <laughs> let's well, and let's send him the the Grammy video and uh, right. Yeah, maybe he'll get it. As, my dad stopped visual, tuning into all that stuff. I don't watch sports anymore. I don't watch uh, you know liberal Hollywood. Uh... Oh, liberal Hollywood. Uh, uh, oh. Ooh. I didn't know there's a little... Uh... Oh, my dad and I don't agree politically on anything. Wow. But we can talk about it. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, you know, I mean, that's important. I think that people have a right to their opinions and, and don't, you know, people are allowed to think that maybe that shouldn't be on the Grammys for their kids to watch. I get it. I get it. But I think that we don't have to um, particularly shame people for um, being sexual beings. Uh, you know, I think that stigma should be we're not we're not the puritanical you know society that that came over on the Mayflower anymore. I think we should evolve. I yeah. agree with that. Like you're okay, so you don't want your kids to watch Cardi B rolling around on a bed with Meg the Scallion. Okay, I get it, I got it. But like, don't shame other people, or you don't want to see J Lo twirling around on a pole. Okay, maybe I don't get that one. <laughs> maybe I don't. I, I probably don't get that one because, uh, but. <laughs> For the benefit of the Dow, okay, like, but just as much as people are just, you will say like when you, you you get into a debate on social media, we'll scroll on by, you're the one that inserted yourself, okay, we'll turn it off. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, freedom of speech or censorship and all that stuff, the simplest answer to it is just turn it off, turn it off. If, you, right. if you're not into it. You know, and the, go and on the, about the people life. who are calling for like this is my freedom of speech are the ones who are fucking outraged. Right. And it's like if you break down the history and you really inform yourself of the way history is, come on now. So yeah. there's my tangent. Also, that guy that was uh talking to you about, you know, look how liberal you are, you didn't even give it up to me. That's not what liberal means. It doesn't mean you <laughs> give it up to everybody, it means you're in control. Right. I'm more open minded than he is, because he was like, well, a woman shouldn't give it up. And I'm just like, no, women like to fuck. Could <laughs> <laughs> you imagine uh, being on, on a date with me? That was, not in, not. You described it as such a perfect date, too. He whined you and dined you and bought the expensive stuff. That was going in all the I'll right be, places. I'll be honest. Yeah, it was a yeah. $7 bottle of wine. And I'm not going to fault him oh. on that because I did say it is one of my favorites. Having having been an ex-employee of Trader Joe's you know there are some good value bottles out there but no there I, I mean he took the time to send it to your table yeah right? he took and the like, time to get to the restaurant early yeah. give it to the waiter and then have it delivered to me once I sat down and I appreciated it and I was like yeah right. I was like this is it so it's I cool. went to the bathroom to pee and I text all my girls in my group chat and was just like Oh my God, he's cute. He's got a good job, and he just sent me a bottle of wine. 
And so then he it, fucking opened his mouth. With that whole gesture, too, of having it sent and, and like wrapped up. Like, who cares if it's Boone's Farm? I mean, you know. It's... Right. It was my favorite <laughs> bottle. Like I had said, we were talking about wine. And because I've studied wine for two years and I'm I'm practicing to get my sommelier exam, I had said, like, you know, there is some right. good wines that are inexpensive. Absolutely. And this is one of my favorites. And I told him and he found it. So I, I'm impressed. So, yeah, a sweet gesture. And, and you know, I mean... <laughs> I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but I, I think that his goal, I, I, sh I probably shouldn't even say this. That's, that's, uh, I think that his goal was probably to hook up with you at the end of the night, right? I mean, I mean isn't that the mo most I mean, goals? isn't that like kind of, I mean, I you know, right. it, build a connection and, you know, try for the clothes. Shoot your right? shit, yeah. <laughs> and he but, put his own foot in his mouth. That's awful. Like he was a great guy. It's just he, he just had distorted views. So, and then even if I tried to forgive him, which I did, he's just not consistent enough. And then sure. he sent me a text just randomly out of the blue. Blue. I just hope you have a great day. Smile, beautiful. And that enraged me. And I was like, <laughs> look, if I'm getting mad over this, that, then this is obviously something that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> that's your your trigger. Word of warning, never <laughs> say smile beautiful. Smile, uh-oh. Yeah. Can you smile beautiful? I wonder if this is smile the one I'm thinking of. Smile big for me. Ew, that's, that's creepy. That's what it was. That's creepy. Yeah, let's let's talk about if, if this is it. Let's see. What? I just wanted to say you don't have to worry about me because I'm never going to have sex. Oh, Bobby, now don't say that. I thought that's what you wanted. Well, yes, if you were my daughter, but you're my son. Why is it not okay for girls, but it's okay for boys? It's called the double standard, Bobby. Don't knock it. We got the long end of the stick on that one. Long end of the stick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a pun there. <laughs> uh, but do you do you think that um, you know the majority of people got the 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 satirical nature of of that or I think so yeah do you think so I, I, mean, I that's think the a whole lot of people are, are like yeah I mean I just had a conversation with a couple of guys and you know they have daughters I have a son and it was the typical oh when my daughter starts dating shotgun over the door and da, mm -hmm. da, 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 and, and I was like well I'm just gonna buy my son a box of condoms ha 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 you know so right it's it's, it's the it's, whole stereotype of if you have a daughter you have to worry about everyone's dick right and if you have a son you only have then to worry you, about his then you just point him in the right direction which you know I think it, so it starts early you know I mean that's all fun and fun and games and said and jest and and whatever but I think that. Um, Maybe it's not. Maybe it's 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 it, when when heard by somebody who doesn't get the the comedic value or the satire in it, um, you're you're pretty much letting society dictate how we live our lives, and it's not, and, and it's very oppressive towards women. And I think that we kind of keep pushing that narrative, and we never really change it. Unfortunately, you're right. I think that there's actually that double standard, even from like sexualizing young kids mm -hmm. right if you've got like a three-year-old right and why uh, am i even talking about that everyone's like oh what a good looking but... kid hey when he gets older look out girls <laughs> yeah right. you know? he's it's gonna like, break some heart that's... yeah but it's always like man this guy's gonna be such a pimp like he's like almost like being built up for that where for I mean... girls it's like you better like lock the doors you better lock her in the house when she gets older and that starts at such an early age i'm having that conversation more often than not about how many ladies my three-year-old's gonna get? And you know, to be honest, like, what if he? What if he's just peaked too early? <laughs> <laughs>
He's a pretty charismatic kid, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. He does not get that from me. I know that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that's not true. <laughs> so, okay, now that we're bringing it music, women in the industry are underrepresented as artists, producers, and songwriters. Across three creative roles, women make up 21.7% of artists, 12.3% of songwriters, 2.1% of producers, only 10.4% of female artists between 2013 and 2019 were nominated for a Grammy. Female performer songs referencing sex was at 16 to 21% from 1970 to 2000. So that's what, 30 years? Male performers referencing sex from the 60s to the 90s was 20 to 29%, then jumped up to 40% in the 2000s. But female artists are more likely to be banned. Wow. Wow. Those stats don't surprise me at all, by the way. Like, I knew that women make up such a small number of artists. I didn't realize that as far as, like, producers also. But I guess that makes sense. Anytime in a movie when they're talking to, like, the agents and the producers, it's always some man sitting in a big office with his desk and the gold records on the wall. Yep. Sexism in music is well documented for most genres, not just rap or hip-hop, but for country and rock too. The portrayal of women in traditional gender roles, portrayal of women as inferior to men, portrayal of women as objects, portrayal of women as stereotypes, and the portrayal of violence against women. Sexism in the music industry is prevalent, whether it's in the lyrics or in the business. So believe it or not, guys, these ideologies have been around for centuries. The earliest official censorship of silencing women from music was during the fourth century. Institutions of the church and government believe female expressions as a threat to their power and impose the impression of female expression as unrational. The Pauline injunction, which was also known as letting women keep silent in church, was what silenced women as singers. All portions of music service were entrusted to professional choirs of men and boys. Female musical life happened mainly within female communities such as convents. But these institutions hardly offered a scope of activities comparable to those available to men within the church. With the exception of Catholic and some Anglican churches, the ban of singing remained until the 19th century. The sacred music of Hildegard of Bingen, 1098 to 1179, has survived as the only testimony of female music during the Middle Ages. During the 16th century, women were trying to establish themselves as professional singers in the mainstream. In Italy, though, the Catholic Church still preferred castrati. Gentlemen, do you know what castrati is? There's a song that I know by Primus where they talk about a modern-day castrato, and I wonder if it's the same thing where they, like, cut off your balls when you're young in an effort to keep the pitch of your voice high. Castrati is plural for castrato. Oh. You are correct. Mm. It's a type of classical male singing voice equivalent to that of a soprano or mezzo-soprano. The voice is produced by castration of the singer before puberty or it occurs on one with an endocrinological logical disorder. Castration before puberty or in its early stages prevents a boy's larynx from being transformed by the normal physiological events of puberty. And as a result, the vocal range of a prepubescent shared by all sexes is largely retained. Prepubescent castration for this purpose diminished greatly in the late 18th centuries and was made illegal. The papal states were the last to prohibit them in 1870. So imagine castrating young boys because they didn't want women to sing. 
But yeah, and that being, <laughs> and that being the whole motive behind it is is just kind of so sick and twisted, right? It's like we want the voice of a woman, but you're not allowed to sing, so we're gonna chop that kid's balls off, right? And and who was that, like loving the idea? <laughs> was that kid into it? Like, I get to be the soprano, you know? Right? You, you gotta think that like his folks were like, yes, my son, and he's just like, I I just want to be a goat herder, you know, like <laughs> just lots of good jobs. <laughs> I just want to go herder. <laughs> I don't want to sing. I just want to herd the goats. <laughs> that you know that sucks. Uh, you know, especially if your career doesn't go anywhere. Like, what a sacrifice. Right. right. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. <laughs> One of the big reasons why I think people get to be like rock stars is for the women because they want to uh, procreate. Sure. That's what they want to do is procreate. Well, That's why I started a podcast. <laughs> what, I'm using euphemisms here, guys. I like it. Now, like why it, yeah. why did these kids, like what was their benefit? Like even if you get to be like the top act of that day, you yeah. will be the last one in your family. Yeah. You just get asked to sing it at everything you go to. You know, family at your brother's function. wedding. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only benefit, and I don't think that's much of a benefit. I wonder if they take that into consideration before they decide. All right, go ahead and castrate our kid because he sings well. Like, right. if there's other boys that can carry the family lineage or whatever. Most likely, right? Like, if you had only one son, you probably wouldn't send him to the butcher just so he could have a great singing career. Right? Yeah, no, he doesn't get singing lessons at all. <laughs> no. Only no. your second son. Okay, we have two, so you can go and, and have her career. <laughs> and how do you decide which one, you know? <laughs> yeah, which, <laughs> I guess it's already decided because they have they have the voice. That's true, that's true. And the, and the I, I, would, I would fake it. Yeah, you know? I was going to say. I, I would become tone deaf really quickly. <laughs> so female singers have always been confronted that their public appearance on stage was seen as public flaunting of their bodies and pitching themselves as prostitutes. On the decline of castrati at the end of the 18th century, women did win back their positions in the opera. So they were able to get it back. But then they came in and said, oh, women can only play certain instruments instead. So now they were trying to dictate what instruments a woman could play because it would be too sexual. I don't understand that. Just yeah. putting a woman on stage is like, here she is. Oh, but she's too sexual just for being a woman? Yeah. Well, okay. have you ever seen a woman play a French horn? I got to tell you, Connor, it's... <laughs> uh, one of my ex-girlfriends was a French horn player. And this was like 10 years after high school. Um, and I she wasn't playing at that time. She told me she was a French horn player. And I never got to see her play it. And I encouraged her to get back into it. And only after we broke up, she picked up the French horn again, and now she plays in all kinds of like orchestras. Wait, you know, it's, so that's a true story. That is a true story. I was just trying to pick the most random instrument. No, she was a French hornist. <laughs> and, and I didn't know it was going to hit so close to home. I'm sorry. That's a great story. So you guys, did you know that instruments are considered female or male, like the type of instruments that they're actually separated by sexuality sure <laughs> yeah of course oh, well there's i mean i didn't female know that. instruments and there's male instruments but it makes sense well i know my brother dated a lot of flute players in high school <laughs> i believe because flautists yeah flautists. Flautist. well i didn't think everyone else yeah <laughs> so i was in the woodwind section in uh, seventh grade uh -huh. i will i will admit that and uh, it was to be 
as close to the flautists as possible. Okay. Now uh, I want flautas. <laughs> <laughs> I am hungry for flautas. And so I, what makes a uh, what's the there were all the uh, all the flautists yeah. in high school were girls at the time, and the entire drum line was guys. So it's like I don't know that there's rules set up for it, but there tends to be pretty uh, typical male and female instruments. Sure. Okay, so what is a female instrument? A what harp. would a female be a allowed harp. to play? I think a, I think a I don't harp. think I've ever a seen harp. a male harp player. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Piano um, could probably go either way. Violin can go either way. The piccolo. Ooh, I don't know. The piano and the harp and the organ was excluded because of the pedals because a woman would have to spread her legs. Oh. Oh. So any instrument where there's any sort of spreading of the legs. Women no were not allowed to play. They were only no allowed go. to play the piano mm. and the harp. Wait, but doesn't I, I've never played a harp before, and and, and I, I haven't witnessed a lot of playing of the harp. But doesn't that kind of situate between yeah, your you legs a little bit? Right? Or you could sit to the side oh, like this, so. yeah, oh, and okay. just pluck. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Not a lot of harps in in my in my world, but I, I need to I need to broaden my horizons. I only know a couple of harpists. I'm surprised you know some. And he yeah. dated a French horn player. He did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, men were allowed to play percussion, wind, and string instruments. So Lizzo plays the flute, wouldn't have been allowed to play the flute. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, thank goodness that's that's all changed. I mean, again, every flute player I know, I've I've never met a male flute player in all my travelings of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I don't hang out at a lot of high school bands, but every, <laughs> still <laughs> but I do coach high school, so you know, I mean I, I, when you look at the marching band, there definitely are instruments that are more male dominated than others, but I think it's probably for different reasons now. So I mean, do you want to hear the argument as to why a woman couldn't play a brass instrument or a flute or anything? Sure. Yes. Why? Women cannot possibly look pretty. That's why. That was it. That wow. was the whole fucking reason. Okay. That was the reason. And this was up until 1904. Well, I got to say, I disagree because when I see a woman playing a traditional male instrument, like when I was watching that Michael Jackson documentary, This Is It, and he's got that female bass player, she is such a badass. She's awesome. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But, you know, I mean, everything was kind of ass backwards then. But then again, like I said before, have we changed all that much? Right. It's, it's this history has still somehow trickled to where we are. And that's the point that we're trying to make. And even body movement with ladies' fashions, like women who were performing had to wear corsets and big petticoats, and they, they weren't allowed any freedom to move because they had to abide by this dress code. They, it wasn't easy for them to play other instruments, so they weren't allowed to play those. And that the female sex was just physically too weak to play a masculine instrument. Yeah. Hmm. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah. That's depressing. That's depressing. Actually. Yeah, I didn't think some of these instruments required that kind of strength. Like, what's the biggest instrument that? An upright bass. Upright bass or a tuba. Yeah. Or sousaphone. Yeah. I guess you know I I just don't see anybody really wanting no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Sorry to any tuba players that are listening. It's a it's a beautiful <laughs> instrument. My my cousin. 
played the tuba and sousaphone. So I've thrown out French horn and tuba, and you have personal connections to both of those, and I, I'm sorry. For no, that. that's fine. No, I'm he, never being invited back. I don't, I don't think he wanted to play those. <laughs> he was just a big dude. And they said, you get a tuba? You get a tuba, yeah. It's, or, yeah. or the sousaphone, like you said, that's just the marching band version, right? That's, yeah. That's a, it's, it's heavy. You're walking around with it. Right. It wraps and, and around you. That actually happened to me in junior high school was I, you know, in sixth grade, I played the clarinet. And seventh grade, I, I was like, well, I play the clarinet already. I'll, I'll join beginning band. And she looked at me and she said, well, I need a tuba player and you're big. So here you go. <laughs> <laughs> So and you know, and he was too? like, but I don't want to play the tuba. Yeah. I want to play the clarinet. I, I wanted to carry around something a little less <laughs> inconspicuous and maybe be able to put it in my locker, you know, but this giant thing I'm carrying around. I played it for three <laughs> days and I went back to clarinet. And, I thought uh, you were going to say three years. No, no, I couldn't. I, I just, I couldn't handle it, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm I, laughing right now because I'm imagining that uh, after you gave it up, he ended up having to give the tuba to the littlest kid. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we just abandoned it from beginning band. And, you know, it's seventh grade. You're already feeling awkward about yourself and, like, carrying a giant cased instrument from class to class. I think in our junior high band, the kid that played the tuba had a broken leg. <laughs> so he couldn't even do the march. He couldn't march because he was in a cast. Yeah. That's when I decided to start playing football. I was like, I'll probably not get injured from football, but carrying around a giant tube, I'll probably break my leg. So, <laughs> And thinking. that's, I mean, I was never a marching band, but I was a water girl for the football team. <laughs> I actually know that. Because you were on the football team. <laughs> probably for the same reason he started playing clarinet in the first place. <laughs> was it to get closer to the guys? Yes, yes, mm. yes. Exactly. I, I, I wanted to I feel like I'm starting cool. to learn. Exactly. So in order to be cool and to be like, hopefully find a boyfriend, you know, that whole ideology, I would stand, like put myself in that shed and watch you guys practice in like 120 degree heat in the shed, just sweating and... Boy, was that a waste of your time. It was. <laughs> Nobody ever. Just in the fact that it was, that's, football practice is the most boring thing. I think I became a target. To watch. I target a jokes instead. Oh, really? You didn't uh, end up with any no, uh, boyfriends? I, I, I didn't have a boyfriend until after high school. Huh. Yeah. Surprised. Really? Yeah. Really? yeah. I find that hard to believe. No, nobody. You know, Wait, we, we're just talking about you didn't have a boyfriend until after high school. I no, I I, I mm -hmm. kind of I kind of have this this memory of you being um, highly sought after. Am I in, in You're not, incorrect. I'm I was the biggest flirt because I was funny because I knew people I knew people weren't interested in me so I could always push the boundaries of making them uncomfortable. I mean, I had bad skin. I was have going through in the middle of dental surgery, so I had like six teeth in my mouth at one point, and then when I would shut my mouth, my like eye teeth would hang out. So there was no closing my mouth, and then I got braces, and then so it was wasn't until the month before we graduated it I get my braces off, had normal teeth, my skin was still a mess, but I was on Accutane for so many years, and. Now men are sliding into my DMs from high school like, hey, I used to have a crush on you in high school. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. No, you didn't. We all we can speak on what I looked like. There's no shame in my 
missing teeth and bad skin. Yeah, I don't I don't recall any of that. They but might I be mean, telling I, I the truth. I don't recall much from high school anyway, first of all. But I just I kind of have this this memory of 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 like you being kind of sought after, but Again, maybe I'm mem- I'm remembering. That I was just flirtatious and funny. As somebody on the football team, I'm sure you would know. Well, and for anybody who we know that you know, I was on the football team briefly. So, so oh yeah, <laughs> this I is was not, like, never invited the... to any parties. I was never with the cool kids. I was, I was just. Maybe it was that persona that you built up then. Maybe uh, people now I don't want to go to the fucking parties. Maybe people were intimidated because they're like, "Well, she's too cool for my party." I'm not too cool. I wasn't too cool for anybody's <laughs> parties. <laughs> I was never invited to them. <laughs> I remember one boy was interested in me, and then another girl told him he was going. She was going to beat him up if he didn't go after the other girl. Like there were two. He was interested. Like. I guess one girl liked him, but he liked me. So the girl's best friend went to him and said, I'm going to fuck you up if you don't go out with my friend. And this girl was a, a, she wasn't a force to be reckoned with. Right. (laughs) So the football player said, um, and I'll tell you off air. Yeah, uh, please do. And, I need to know who this is. And the football player was like, all right, and then started dating this girl for a little while. And I was like, wow, that fucking sucks. Wow. I bought this fucking plaid skirt because I thought it was cute and I thought you might like it. And now you're fucking dating a girl who looks similar to me. Wow. And he got strong armed into dating. He got, and then, and then I find out years later when we were having a conversation, I think we were bowling or something with a group of friends and he was like, oh yeah. You know, I'm just rethinking all of my strategies from high school. Maybe I should have had a friend strong arm a girl into dating me. I don't think that would have worked well. (laughs) I mean, I guess that would be uh, on par with our topic and double standards because it wouldn't work well for you, but it certainly worked well for that girl. Uh, Yeah, we're we're equal opportunity here. I was like, damn. That sucked. So anyways, we've evolved from castrating boys to Cardi B rapping about her P word. <laughs> but here are There's the sta- a lot to, un- to unravel in this in this topic. <laughs> there is. All right. So you guys really want to play another game? Yes. I yes. certainly do. I like the games. The games are fun. Okay. So I'm going to ask you questions or read you lyrics. And then you're going to tell me, is it banned or is it not banned? Okay. Okay. And can you name the song and who sings it? And you guys are just going to fight over it. Okay. All right. I'm not going to point you out. Gotcha. Laughing and running. Hey, hey. Skipping a jumping in the misty morning fog with our hearts a thumping and you. Yo, brown eyed girl. Yes. Van Morrison. Van Morrison. Banned or not banned? Not banned. Originally, it was banned. Why? Because it's originally called Brown Skin Girl. No. Yes. And it's about an interracial relationship, which at the time wow. of its re- release, interracial relationships were illegal in 17 states. But after hearing the lyrics, making love in the green grass, radio stations, even with the new lyrics, banned it anyways. Wow. Wow. Yep. Hey, good job, Van. So then when he changed the, the lyrics, he changed the lyrics from making love in the green grass to laughing and running, and then they banned it anyways. So... You know, being a product of an interracial relationship, that always does my heart good when I hear like old songs where they're talking about being interested in interracial relationships. Right. And then them being silenced. Yeah, no, it wasn't. 
but you know that that was that was my parents. There's so, still not know. a lot of songs about that. <laughs> no, but you know you're seeing more commercials where yes, you're seeing interracial relationships and and, and or even same sex more... relationships. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we are making some strides, hopefully. Slowly. I wish we could be better. All right, here's another one. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath <laughs> the mistletoe last night. She didn't see me creep down the stairs to have to peek. She thought that I was tucked up in my bedroom fast asleep. Well, we know, we know that, the song. Is called I, I saw, saw Mommy Kissing, kissing Santa, Santa Claus. Claus? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it, was it banned? Well, I don't know. I'm going to say yes, just because we're talking about it. And right. I mean, they can't all be yeses, right? Or Right. Well, or are they? It, it's... Oh, shit. I think they all are. <laughs> I, don't think I, I, I don't think I got around to, you to have... putting songs that were banned You're going to put there. decoys in here? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a song about uh, a kid. Poor planning, Heather. Poor planning. This game has gotten a lot easier. <laughs> it, it, it's a game about the, a kid... Uh, Suspecting that his parents are ha having some kind of affair. Well, that his mom is sleeping with Santa Claus, right? Yeah, when it's actually or, just or, the dad or innocently in a... kissing yeah. Santa Claus. But okay, so but for reference, in, but it was in July, so that makes it even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's name is Jimmy Boyd, and it was 1952. Jimmy Boyd was 13 when he recorded the holiday hot classic about a boy who wakes up to see his mom kissing a man dressed up as Santa who unbeknownst to him, his dad underneath the mistletoe. However, the song got the Catholic Archdiocese of Boston in a rage, who blasted the song for linking Christmas and sex and had the radios boycott the song. The boycott only ended when Jimmy, a freckled-faced 13-year-old, met with the church leaders explaining the intent of the song. Ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, can you believe that? Like, that holiday classic had... And a 13-year-old had to have that responsibility of saying, look, <laughs> look, guys. Here's what I meant, yeah. Right. All right, well, I think I already know if the next song is going to be banned, but at least we, we can play Name That Tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <clears throat> Ding dong, the witch is dead. Okay, was The witch is dead. The wicked witch is dead. Um, I'm going to go with uh, not banned. Yeah, I was going to say not banned, too, because why would it be? <laughs> it was banned for a little bit. No, because it Ding dong? No. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, following the death of Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in 2013, the song suddenly climbed mm. to the British charts. Ooh, and so the wow. BBC banned the song, justifying the context of the celebration of Thatcher's death. Hmm. Wow. Well, speaking of Ding Dong, uh, <laughs> which is a big hint, by the way, Chuck Berry had one song that was the number one hit, and it was banned. You know which song it was? Gosh, you're throwing me off with with. I just want to host this cupcake right now. My uh, dingaling. <laughs> it was called my dingaling. Uh huh. Oh wow. And it's a song about you know we're we're in church and I want to whip out my dingaling. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what the song is actually about. I think so. That's fantastic. I mean, that kind of goes with the whole um, "Do Me" by Belle Biv DeVoe right, and being underage right. sex. You know, right. backstage, underage, adolescence. How you doing? Hi. I like to do the wild thing. I was in church, though. I think I, I was not that that doesn't go along with uh, some people's music. Cute church, little but. toy, silver bells hanging on a string. She told That's me Chuck it Berry? was my dingalingaling. Oh, oh, see, it's just a fun song about 
exposing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. We got about 130 ladies singing now. It really gets to you. Wait till we get about the fifth verse. All the ladies. Just... What's the fifth verse? Hey, mm -hmm. So one of, one of them might be about being in church. Once something. I was swimming cross Turtle Creek. Okay, well, you get the idea. Well, you know, that's well, funny, though. I mean, that song was banned. Is, is that what you're saying or no? Yeah. Just, okay, so that song was banned, but I mean, it's... It was banned from the radio, it's, but people still bought the records. It's a funny song. Strikes in effect. Yes. You know, I mean, there's also humor in 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 sexuality, right? So right. I mean, there's a, there's a level of, um, you know, that double standard is terrible. But the the level of of um, not being able to express it or or be funny about it or be fun about it too is a little repressive in our in our society but in chuck berry's day it must have been you know he must have been ostracized for quite some time well, for talking about his ding-a-ling well back in that day remember elvis was censored from the waist down because of his you know provocative right moves so it's like our parents were fighting for that kind of you know the, the beatles right. were censored too and you know, then they tried to do it to us, and now we're probably our generation's probably doing that to. Uh, we twerk it now. B. We sure. twerk. Yeah. We, so after yeah. World War II, there was a genre of music, the Dirty Blues, and they actually had songs that were about metaphors. Like the Spanish song was about like it led you to believe it was about Spanish, but it was actually about sex. Or my personal favorite that I came across was I'm I'm playing my ukulele, which is about a woman and her clitoris. <laughs> Wow. You know, yeah. I feel like I don't pick up on any of these references. I'm so oblivious. Yeah, well, that was the point of the whole genre. It right. was it was underground music. It was the dirty blues, and they would just sing songs with sexual overtones, but they weren't so in your face, and they were getting away with it because it's like the, the spinach song. And then it was like, I liked spinach. I didn't like spinach, and then I liked it when I tried it again. And then there, there was one... Um, long hair on your pussy and it was all about a cat but the pussy was yeah so we were doing this in the 20s so, and 30s but we were finding more creative ways to go about the censorship well and you know i i i feel like everybody has the right to again their art and their poetry and if you want to be overtly sexual in a hip-hop song you know go for it but you know there is something about those old songs and how they had to hide drug use or yeah you're right you know, sexually explicit material into something else and how clever that was and i think that, that that we've lost a little bit of that but you know right so censorship's actually getting a lot more lax considerably sure you know sure absolutely you know speaking of censorship i remember uh when we were in high school i was doing the uh, video news program every day and somebody played a song on the air that had some inappropriate lyrics it was from the dumb and dumber soundtrack mm -hmm. and one of the lyrics says she don't eat meat but she sure likes the bone and our ASB advisor, who is like six foot eight, you know, 400 pounds, comes in, takes a CD out of the CD player and crushes it in his bare hand. One hand crushes I, the CD. He was furious. I know is who this you're the same guy about. that dressed up as a fairy for Halloween? Yes. <laughs> also an Easter bunny at some point as well. And a turkey. And a turkey. And a, and a turkey oh, that, uh, that said for the Thanksgiving rally, he said something about, you know, I'm, I'm so stuffed. You know, I'm a turkey. I just stuff myself. And then our friend Dick Masterson said, uh, I, un unlike our turkey friend here, I didn't have the opportunity to stuff myself before this 
<laughs> yeah, I do remember that that administrator that you're talking about, and I actually still am in very good communication. Um, yeah, Tell him to listen fan. to the podcast. Right? <laughs> okay, here's another one. Love me, hate me, say what you want about me, but all of the boys and all of the girls are begging to see if you seek Amy. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not. That's not ringing any bells to me at all. It is to me. Uh, is it Britney Spears? Yes. It's because I, I remember if you seek Amy, it was uh, changed to if you see Kate or F U C K. Right. And it was banned for that reason, right? Yeah. Parent Television Council threatened to file indecency complaints with the Federal Communication Commission against the stations that played the songs from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. They were convinced the lyrics, if you seek Amy, sounded like F-U-C-K me oh. when sung, replacing seek with the word see. That's very clever. Yeah, but I mean. But was that accidental or? I no. think it was accidental. No way. I'm going to say it was accidental. He's going to argue and say no. Every time. Yeah, no, it's always, it's got to be accidental. That's. Just, just like Justin Timberlake taking off. She was on, that was an accident. Yeah, she was on the, the Mickey Mouse Club. All right, Connor? Yeah, but what else no. could that have meant? Right. <laughs> it's a catchy song. Okay, last one. Connor, if you don't get this, I'm going to be pissed. Southern trees bear a strange fruit. Blood it. on the leaves, blood on the root. We're all looking at a bed good right now. And Because um, this was in one of our previous podcasts. Um... Do I need to sing it to you? Yes. Southern trees bear a strange fruit, blood on the leaves and blood on the root. No, no. I See, This is another example of what I was talking about when I say I take things literally, and I didn't realize that strange fruit was talking about a lynching, and the strange fruit is like, this, this is what we've got hanging from this tree here. Wow. Blood on the leaves, blood on the root. And yes, wow. we know the song was banned. Billie Holiday, 1939. Oh my goodness. That, I, you guys had a whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do recall. But, yep. but I was very unfamiliar with the song too when, when you talked about it before. But as was a, I. It's such a. Columbia right Records wouldn't let her record it, so, but they agreed to let her record it on a smaller label. So she did, and that was the label owned by Billy Crystal's uncle. Mm -hmm. oh, so. Wow, wow, no, that's really uh, that's depressing. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, good one to end with. <laughs> well, I have a couple more songs. Okay, what you got? Okay, so there's still more songs with the same context that came out around the same time, or even written by the same people, where one was from a male point of view and the other was a female. Cole Porter in 1929 wrote, I'm a gigolo, which was not banned. And Irving Singer adapted an English version of I'm just a gigolo, which I think David Lee Roth did too. Yeah, yes. I, I want to say that uh, Louis Prima or Louis Armstrong did it like way back in the day. Yeah. And uh, David Lee Roth or Van Halen. I think it was right? just. It Was it just uh, David Lee Roth? I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was one of his solo. You're probably right. This song was actually Bing Crosby's first solo hit in 1930, climbing to number 12 on the chart. The lyrics, I'm just a gigolo, and everywhere I go, people know I'm part I'm playing, pay for every dance, selling each romance. Louis Armstrong did record it. Guess who else recorded it? Who? Is it David Lee Roth? Is that who we're getting back there? Betty Boop! 
Betty Boop recorded the song. Wow. So the song by Cole Porter, Love for Sale, was sung by Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald. If you want the thrill of love, I've been through the mill of love, old love, new love, every love but true love, love for sale. Amazing singers. Right. That song was banned. The same context, just a woman's point of view and a man's point of view, but the woman's was banned. I feel like even I'm just a gigolo, if you were to have a woman sing those same lyrics, except say, I'm just a hoe or something like that, that would be banned too. Yeah, absolutely. You think so? I'm just a hoe? Well, I, I mean, feel like... in, that, in that time period or, or right yeah. now? Because right now, not so much. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Dirty by Christina Aguilera was banned. By whom? The, like, By MTV. Get... They deemed it too raunchy. And she came in and she was wearing the chaps and the bikini and she had the long hair and she was all sweaty. I don't remember uh, the video. I remember yeah, the song. Yeah, and Redman was in it. It must and... have gotten banned before I, I, I was able to <laughs> put my eyes on that one, unfortunately. But... Yeah, no, the video was banned by MTV, which also banned Sierra's ride. And that's just with her and Ludacris and she's wearing a onesie and she's riding a bull. But the same year, Trey Songs came out with Neighbor Knows My Name and it's like, his video is of two people like getting it on and it's very sexual and you can see it. Right. Sierra is riding a bull and they banned her. Wow. That's <laughs> it's I, I can't even understand what right. the uh, the thought process is on on some of this stuff. Like what is that? What are you going to get from that? Or what are kids going to be damaged by from seeing her riding a bull? Right, right. <laughs> what are we riding, I mean, didn't a... we do that at Saddle Ranch all through our 20s with our audio? One audios motherfucker yeah. for the night, and we are on the bull. Which did, is did a family. It's a family restaurant, too. Right? Kids yeah, and they just shut down. Ground. Yeah. So. But banned. let's even go deeper into it where <laughs> sex isn't necessarily just what mostly banned subjects. In 1994, Martina McBride released Independence Day. The song had praise from music lovers and critics. Rolling Stone ranked it number 77 in top music country songs. The song is about a daughter's recollection of events where her alcoholic father was abusive to her mother. And she was at the town fair on Independence Day and the child starts to hear rumors about her father's abuse. They said he was dangerous, but mama was proud and stood her ground but she knew she was the one on the losing end. Some folks whispered, some folks talked, but every day they looked the other way. So in this song, mother burns down the house with the abuser in it. She lit up the sky like the 4th of July. And by the time the fireman come, they just put out the flames. That song was banned, deemed too violent. Wow, I feel like all of the music from our generation was violent. Well, all the gangster rap? Yeah, but it, it, but it, same same argument right in um in the the censorship uh rules that were that were placed on groups like nwa right mm -hmm. this is too violent this is us expressing our art right so how can you you know take lyrics like that and say that's too violent of a subject when especially we live in such a violent world but she's telling a story i don't know if they, they think that that's going to going to uh, encourage people to you know, set their house on fire with the abusive husband inside. But <laughs> well, okay. Like, what about that song, "The Dixie Chicks"? Earl had to die. Is that... I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me about it, since you brought you beat me to it. Well, I I just remember um, when I was in high school, just after high school, there were some girls that liked the Dixie Chicks, and they played that song, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually like a pretty cool sounding song. 
Right. It was but, about a woman being abused and her best friend comes in and they they feed him they feed him poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And cuz Earl had to die. It wasn't even about you have to leave him. It was like no he'll come back and find you. You got to right. take him out. And that song I know was banned on the radio, but it's a fun song and there's all kinds of songs we listen to about, you know, killing one another. Yeah. It's it's cuz it's, it's it's just a story. It's just our way of telling yeah. the story to music. Well, I mean, like again, if that was in a movie, if that exact scene was in a movie, would that movie be banned? Yeah, who, how, how do we criticize what kind of art gets to do that? What kind of poetry? Exactly. And speaking of poetry, slightly off topic, but not too much. Uh, I saw a TED Talk where there was this woman who was an analyst and she was brought in as an expert witness in this uh, court case where there was a young black college student who had something written in his in his car. It was like rap lyrics that he had written down that they took as a terrorist threat. And the back of the page had all kinds of dumb rap lyrics, right? And she's talking about how in that rap world, talking about violence kind of gives you street cred and everybody does it. But she took some of these lyrics and gave it to a survey and said, you know, hey, this is from a country song or this is from a rap song. Same lyrics, but people deem the rap version more violent. Wow. Because it's it's a rap song. And if they show a picture and they say this is a black student or this is a white student, if it's a white student who comes up with these kinds of lyrics and has a gun or whatever, they'll say he's uh, he needs counseling. Black student got put in jail five years. Wow. This is America. <laughs> not surprising though, right? No, okay. no, not. Let at all. me piggyback I mean... off of that one and put the song by Garth Brooks, "Thunder Rolls." Do you remember that song? I know the song. I, I don't do know, know the, the lyrics. Song. Okay. Is... Well, Tanya Tucker also sung that song first, but they didn't release that version. Because on the fourth verse of that song, it's about the woman getting a gun and shooting her husband. He can't sing that lyric, and they wanted to put a disclaimer before the video, and he refused, so he only sings it for live songs. But Tanya Tucker had the song first, and they Mm. wouldn't release it. Then he sang it, and they're like, all right, just cut out the lyric where she kills her husband. (laughs) Wow. Again, I mean, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's why are we not allowing their their art and, and banning these certain things when, when we live in such a, you know, I mean, television plays worse scenes than that, and that's that's a visual, you know. Hearing yeah. it in a song isn't, isn't I, I think, as, I don't think it's destructive at all, first of all. I mean, there are people out there that will take any cues from anywhere and do bad things. I don't think there's anything that will change that. But well, wasn't there that big thing with Eminem and they were trying to boycott him because they were blaming a lot of children were acting out because of his music. Right. Oh, they blame everybody. Marilyn Manson movies. Yeah. Well, but... Mar- Marilyn Manson's a fucking creep. Okay, we know that now. <laughs> as of yeah. like a couple weeks ago, He's but a for twenty creep. years we thought he was just a normal Fuck that dude. Guy. <laughs> oh, I, I never thought he was a normal dude. But I mean, again, you 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 defend anyone's right to um, Marilyn their Manson art, and right? Ted Cruz are in the same fuck that guy part of my brain. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> well, I don't I don't disagree. So um, we bring up an, an interesting point though, like as far as freedom of expression, the government isn't saying you can't release this. It's not banned from recording it and putting it out. It's private record labels or private radio stations saying we don't want to play this, right? So yes, they are entitled to that because yeah. that's their their business decision saying we don't want to turn off our advertisers, we don't want to offend our, our listeners. But this brings us to like private censorship, right? So you guys know that in the 
eighties, you remember Tipper Gore mm-hmm. and and you know these other moms got together mm-hmm. and they made the the Parents Music Resource Center, which is the group that put the uh, parental advisory stickers mm-hmm. on on CDs. And there was a whole backlash about. It. I remember they had like people like Frank Zappa testifying in court, saying, "You know, who are you to put a?" Uh... Wasn't that Two Live Crew that triggered that? Yeah, I mean, they're one of the one of the many. It, yeah, were, it was all kinds were, of. Yeah. It, it wasn't rap songs at the time. It was heavy metal. And and Two Live Crew was also yeah they in, in, that, in that debate yeah so um, but you do bring up an interesting point when it comes to that because as a private company do you have the right to not do that or let's even bring it to that Tipper Gore thing where you know she fought and got parental advisory put onto all recordings um, you know CDs uh, record jackets but I think I read something somewhere where that actually increased sales. For, Maybe. for these artists, which, you know, it was like kids wanted to get their hands on parental advisory material. Yeah, it was right? it was taboo. And so that makes sense. That's but, also maybe the Streisand effect. But it, on the flip side work. of that, maybe I'm a little more liberal in the, the raising of my children in that era, right? If, if, I, if I had kids then, maybe I wouldn't have cared as much. My mother kind of cared. But, you know, there was a point where I crossed over that, that, that stage and I could watch rated R movies, even though I was only 13 years old. But... I think it's it's. I think you only have to be thirteen. <laughs> I think no, it's seventeen. Uh, it's seven, se- uh, well, it's not NC seventeen. It's, it's seventeen. It's 17 or have a parent. With, or have a parent. But you know, she used to buy our tickets and send us in, and they'd go watch another movie. Like she didn't need to sit there and watch RoboCop right. with me. You know what I mean? But I think that's a decision that parents have to make on their own. But giving them the information is not necessarily a bad thing. Right, and that's what the whole argument from Tipper Gore was, it's not saying they shouldn't have the right to record it, but she bought her nine-year-old daughter a Prince CD (laughs) and didn't realize that those songs were sexually explicit. And she said... She should probably listen to more Prince. Or or read the titles of the songs. (laughs) But her idea was, you know what? Parents at least have a right to know. Like you you said, some parents care, some parents don't. But they should have the, the knowledge. But still, who is this organization to require the labels to slap a sticker on the cover of their artwork because that doesn't happen on movie posters. They will have like a little tiny rated R thing in the corner if, or they can say not rated if they don't want to, but they don't slap it right on the front of the artwork. Well, I think we also take the the responsibility away from the parents themselves. And I, I, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, parental figures out there that don't carefully watch and manage their children and, 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 and deem what's safe and what's not, but rather allow society to do that for them instead of having those hard conversations of what's appropriate and what's not at their age. But, well, that brings it back to what Cardi said. <clears throat> Cardi B said about her Grammy performance was like, I'm not responsible for your children. Right. And she's right. not. She's not. Right. So, yeah. All right. So I have some more lyrics I want to read to you. Just one more. <laughs> okay, fine. And we're good. Okay. She fell down on her bended knees for mercy. She did cry. Oh, Willie, dear, don't kill me. I'm unprepared to die. She never spoke another word. I only beat her more until the ground around me within the blood did flow. Holy crap. I don't know this song. I do not either. That it sounds. This, my friends, was not a band song from 1956. The Lovin' Brothers released a song about killing a girl when they were on a date. Wow. Not banned. Not Band. I'm actually surprised that that's not banned. So I, that should totally be in that same camp as the others, right? Well, like, yeah. what about that song uh, Possum Kingdom by the Toadies? Isn't that about, like, it was a really popular song in, like, the grunge era. And I don't know that song. It was, like, 
about taking a girl behind the boathouse and murdering her, but it was like a really popular radio song. And that never got banned. Well, even let's go ahead and like, I hate to do this, but you know, Eminem with Kim, like that song wasn't banned. You're and right. here we yeah. are, we're talking about like Eminem getting violent in that lyrics, but Garth Brooks can't sing about a woman. Yeah. Killing her husband or the Dixie Chicks getting out of an abusive relationship. So so you're right. So I guess the, the takeaway of this is that women and men have been very overtly sexual in their songs or violent. But women tend to be, even though they make up a small minority of the performers and the managers and the producers and the writers, they are more likely to be banned. disproportionately affected Yeah, by these bands. And one more, even Loretta Lynn, The Pill. I remember talking See, about we, that. We talked about that, where she sings about being able to have sexual freedom because now she's on the pill and doesn't have to worry about getting pregnant. That got banned in the 70s. Wow. No, was she talking about um, being She was very, even using metaphors. Was she talking about being sexually free with tons of other men? She was no, talking she about was, her own her, husband. Her own husband wow. and not having to worry about having kids anymore because now so many she's kids on the pills. And she was done with it. And they banned it. And it's a woman talking about her own sexuality and that's banned. But then we have these other lyrics. It all makes perfect sense, doesn't it, guys? That's I hate to say it, but it's like <laughs> some of these aren't surprising to me. No, no, no unfortunately no. not. Unfortunately not. And, you know, again, like I said earlier, it, it, it seems like, you know, we can look back in the older days and go, oh, well, you know, it was a little more repressive back then, but it's still happening today. Yeah. And that's, that's shocking. Well, unfortunately, I think a lot of the people that are calling for the censorship of Cardi B on the, the Grammys or whatever, they're the same people that are like, oh, this cancel culture, uh, you know, like they're against it, unless they're is the ones doing the canceling. Is it cancel culture though? Because like, are they canceled or are these people being held accountable or is it timeout culture? Because I want to go timeout culture because Louis C.K., he went on a timeout. Then he started selling out shows again. Sure. I always liked him, to be honest, but I get that what he did was wrong and he acknowledged it too. He came out with a pretty sincere apology. He owned it and I don't think you get canceled when you own it properly. Sure. Sure. I mean, you know, and people want to forgive. All... They want to see the better version of yourself. And we all make mistakes. So, um, you know, depending on the severity of, of those mistakes, the, the punishment has to, has to fit the crime. Right. right. As people, we um, want to forgive. We don't want to abandon. Yeah. We want to see people be better versions of themselves. Yes. So if they can take a time out, think about what happened. We'll support that. But if they still want to double down on their fuckery, Fuck them. You know, there's still some extremes, though. Like, I, I cannot listen to R. Kelly anymore. Like, I can't. I, I, I want I want to cover R. Kelly, I will not. Too. And Chris Brown. Yeah, I just, I can't do it in, in good conscience. It just kind of makes me feel gross. But did you cancel Michael Jackson? Connor, it's not the same. I I listen to Michael Jackson, and I, and I like Michael Jackson, but it still feels creepy to me now that I'm getting... <sighs> Yeah, Older, but I, I think we know. have to separate the the person from the art. Sure. So it is okay for no. me to still like Woody Allen movies and it's, then say, eh, okay, but it's okay as a person, for you to still like R. Kelly. But I mean, it's a, it's a personal. I mean, R. Kelly's music. I'm sorry, but I mean, yeah. it's it's a personal preference. I think you should be able to separate the art from from the person. And, and there's a lot of artists and tortured artists that have done some pretty bad things. But but yeah, I, you know, personal preference. It just now, I just kind of feel icky. When I'm just going to go Kelly. on record and say William Hung had a better version of I Believe I Can Fly Anyways. <laughs> and we're going to end on that. Anthony, your charity was Save the Music Foundation, and we're going to put that in the show notes. 
Oh, thank, thank you so you much. Thank you for coming. And then thank you guys for having me. This was a, a blast. We're going to have you back. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. So everybody, When you have more time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, you know, I'll plan uh, a this whole This is what day. happens when I haven't seen you in two years and I right. randomly make out with somebody at your party and I'm like, I have no idea who he is. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, just come to more of my parties. I'll provide more make out options. <laughs> All right, well, thank you all for I'm listening. Trying to avoid that. <laughs> this is Madam's Hose and Gigolos. We are available on iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, please leave us a five-star review if you like what you're hearing or share it with a friend. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Madam's Hose, H-E-A-U-X-S, and Gigolos. Thank you.